1: You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered.
0: E-A-T-L-E-S,
1: Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one.
0: I didn't do it, Hurts Eating. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
1: All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered on the Blave Podcast Network, powered by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around. I'm your co-host, Connor Miles. With me, as always, is Ed Crass And, Ed, playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? Playoffs?
0: <laughs> How about Echoing
1: it? Echoing Jim Mora. Echoing yeah. Jim Mora there, because the Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs, my friend. It is so crazy. This is the second year... I know this season has not been the best uh, content-wise for us, consistency-wise with everything going on. But last season we were weekly. I mean, I'm telling you, we had an episode out almost every day, and there were four and eleven and one team. And we, you and I, laughed about it at the end of the season. Like, what a what a year to start podcasting! <laughs> what a season to get into podcasting! Well, Ed they followed up with a great sophomore year because this is one of the most exciting seasons to get into podcasting. To watch this team crawl back from two and five with their first year head coach, their really first year starting quarterback. I know he's the second year in the league, but it's really his first year starting given what rookies had to go through last year. And to get into a wild card spot in the NFC, which I think the NFC conference is tougher than the AFC conference right now. They got in. They got in, and they had three first-round picks going forward. You have to like the prospects of this team. Now, it does have some Chip Kelly, Nick Foles vibes to it. You know, the magic that Nick Foles th- threw his arm is the same magic we're seeing through Jalen Hurts' legs, if you ask me. I mean, 10 rushing touchdowns for a quarterback is unheard of. 27-2 and two ratio for a quarterback is unheard of. What these rookie coaches overcame to start the season to get into the playoffs, a little bit unheard of. But here's the difference, Ed. The Eagles are really relying on their youth this time around. Jalen Hurts is leading the charge. Devontae Smith is their biggest playmaker on offense alongside Dallas Goddard, both young. Jordan Molata. You know, Lane Johnson was out those couple games taking care of his mental health. You know, the anchor of that offensive line, other than Jason Kelsey, was Jordan Molata. He's very young. Josh Sweat. You know, Javon Hargrave, we're looking at this team that's, they're in the middle of a, a I don't want to say rebuild, I want to say retool. You know, everybody keeps throwing this rebuild word out there. I hate that word. You know, you don't rebuild in the NFL, you retool because you want to keep winning immediately. There's no waiting process. You keep waiting to get fired. There's no time in this league. So I like the retool word. And you keep retooling with these young pieces. They didn't have that with chip kelly they still leaned on older players with chip kelly chip kelly thought his system was getting the most out of these players i don't think Nick sirianni is going to think that this time around and then you have these three first round picks to go off of mind you i see the the argument for the three first round picks is i don't think the eagles are gonna take actually three three players in the first round and i i hear that argument i do but in terms of money wise they're not paying their 2017 first round pick a second contract they didn't have a first-round pick in 2018. It was really Dallas Goddard. They did pay him. But they're not going to pay their 2019 first-round pick, Andre Doder, a second contract. And at this point, they're definitely not going to pay Jalen Rager, their 2020 first-round pick, a second contract. That's three first-round picks you're not extending. That opens the door for these three first-round picks to be extended later on in the process. And I know you could say that's apples and oranges, but when you're looking at this team and how reliant they are on their youth, this draft has to be it for them coming up to continue this process of retooling going forward and continue the trajectory that Dick Sirianni's on. That's the only difference I see from this team now. That's why I hate comparing all the time. You know, I I do it myself. I'm at my own fault. I compare these teams to former Eagles teams. This is going to be different. This is going to be something that we haven't seen because they are wisely set up. And, Ed, I'm going to be honest with you, they picked the right... It's early... It is early, um, but again, like I said weeks ago when we did this pod, I'll send that apology letter to Nick Sirianni wherever he wants it. He just has to send me the address because they picked the right coach.
0: Yeah, well, a couple things. Um, You know, you you used the word retool. Jeffrey Lurie was really the one that kind of set the bar pretty low for this season when he called it a transition year. This was supposed to be a, a transition year, um, with you know the the changing over from an older roster with a lot of veteran players to a younger one, and that made sense because they had so much draft capital the last couple years. Um, and right now, it's looking like Howie Roseman did a good job in investing some of that draft capital in the guys that can play. Uh, you know, I wrote a story uh, when the Eagles got in, and 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 I said a big reason for the turnaround is yeah. Jalen Hurts kept getting better every day. Yes, Nick Sirianni and his rookie defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, began to kind of figure out what this team's strengths were, but also was a big part of it was the veteran leadership. And, you know, you can't overlook that in this transition year. You know, the Eagles have some great veterans, but it's a dwindling population. And I went through when I wrote this story, and I'm thinking, who are these veterans and how many of them are left from that Super Bowl season? Just a short time ago, really four years ago in February, they'll have won this Super Bowl title. And all that's left is, you know, Jason Kelsey, but you can't undersell him. Lane Johnson's still here. You can't undersell him. Fletcher Cox, uh, Rodney McLeod, who made a huge play in in really what was the playoff-clinching game against Washington on Sunday. Um, You know, but after that, I mean, Derek Barnett, okay, yeah, he's left over. uh uh, from that 2017 team but after that there's there's really nothing that's left from 2017 and uh Howie Roseman has done a good job transitioning this roster from those veteran players to this youthful group you mentioned some of the names um and, and and Sirianni has brought it all together and Gannon too this defense has gotten better as the season has gone on um you know, it, it's really been kind of a remarkable evolution. And everybody says, well, the Eagles didn't beat anybody and this and that. And I guess you could say that. But they they played teams at the time who were above 500, like the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, there were teams that were the Denver Broncos. When they played them, those teams were above 500. And they and they beat them. So, I mean, it's, it's a team that probably doesn't get enough credit nationally. But that's okay. I mean, they won a hey, Super Bowl as the they underdogs. Won,
1: they won two games that super bowl season over with teams with a record over 500 nobody yeah, cares mean, it, it, right. the point it, is to get into the playoffs once you get in
0: particular right because it's so unpredictable this season once, I mean, you,
1: once you get in you're oh and o. everybody is yeah that is the stupidest dumbest argument possible on the internet and i'm not saying that because i have rooted interest for the eagles Mm-hmm. I will say that for any argument you have for any NFL team, when you bring up their strength of schedule and who have they beat in and you use that as a deterrent for the, for that as in the playoffs, you are an ass clown. I'm just going to flat out tell you right now, you're going to look horrible. Mm-hmm. That takes going to get retweeted a million times on Twitter. Eagles fans are going to throw it back in your face because you see how harsh they are on social media. You're an ass clown because that is a horrible way to judge a team going into the postseason where everybody's 0-0. Nobody cares what you mm-hmm. did to get in. They care that you get in. That's the job.
0: Yeah, I, I tell you, and one of the coolest things I saw about this season was the Eagles have, like, I think $35 million in dead money that they're paying. Their highest-paid player isn't even on the roster, Carson Wentz. I mean, he's they're paying him to play for the Colts, really, I mean, in a sense, but, you know, they did it with a lot of dead money. Now, Howie Roseman pushed a lot of that back into future years, and he's just going to keep juggling this salary cap situation. But listen, he, he he got it done this past year, and that's a big reason too, is he was able to get under the cap, add some, you know, some key players in free agency. Jordan Howard, nobody wanted him, huge get for them. Obviously, in the backfield, um, you know, Anthony Harris hasn't been great, but you know what, he's given them enough good play on that back end. Steven Nelson to me is very underrated because Darius Slay gets all the attention as the, you know, the pro bowl cornerback and rightfully so three defensive touchdowns this year for Slade. Uh, but, you know, Steven Nelson's been pretty solid too. So, you know, uh, Kerrigan hasn't worked out, Eric Wilson hasn't worked out, but you're not going to bat a thousand usually. Um, but listen, they are big parts of this team and give credit again to Howie for, for making that whole thing work by pushing this dead money back into future years. But they've done it with a with a quarterback they're paying who's not even on the roster, Carson Wentz, $34 million. And that, to me, is really, really remarkable that they were able to get into the playoffs with that kind of a payroll situation.
1: You know, it's interesting that you do bring up credit in Howie. I don't think enough people are doing so. Uh, we're always so quick to bash him rather than praise him. Yeah. Um,
0: and he missed on guys. I mean, look, he always gets... He's going to get blamed for the rest of his life for picking Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but, but- we have
1: ton of vision, we have tunnel vision with that stuff. Uh, yeah, no, we really do. We uh, that's that's us being overdramatic because every NFL GM misses. Yeah, I sure. watch Bill Belichick draft poorly year in and year out yeah. and have many rings. Yep. Uh, I I don't. The draft is a crapshoot. It's just the truth, you know. Situation matters, coaching matters, and the players' talent matters. Yep it's a crapshoot. uh of course you want him to draft better and of course you should hold him accountable for that absolutely but uh to make that his death sentence though i think you're missing out on potentially a great gm in doing so well look look at this past class
0: you know the 2021 class i i think this group really has a chance to be special and you know, we saw Jacoby Stevens. He was really the you know, the only one who hadn't played this year, their sixth-round pick from LSU, who's transitioning from safety to linebacker. He was active against Washington, uh, you know, and he he made a play on special teams. So, I mean, this whole class, this, I mean, you can go right from Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams, Zach McPherson, Kenny Gainwell, Teron, uh, Teron Jackson, uh, Marlon Apollo hasn't really done a whole lot, but he's played. But, I mean, this draft class that he just, put into play really has a chance to be special
1: that and the 2018 draft class is the backbone yeah. of this playoff team that's right so i very, mean you want
0: a few th- picks in that draft but he made them count i think he had five picks in 18 he missed i think it was clayton thorson the quarterback date or maybe it was um it was the defensive end from penn state sharif miller i think was in that class who didn't didn't hit but you know look he hit on goddard he hit on maddox he hit on uh no you're right it was clayton thorson josh well, yeah yeah, he hit on Jordan. Um, that wasn't mulata, but he hit, you know he hit, hit on, on Matt
1: Pryor because Matt Pryor was good for yeah. death, and then they got a pick out of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I don't think Howie does get enough credit, and you know that's I'm just shame. saying if you're gonna that harp goes, on him, yeah,
1: if you're gonna harp on him for all his misses, he better heart you better start singing his praises for all his hits. Yeah, I think if the the point of being critical is to get some way to improve. He improved. Yep. So give him his flowers. The fertilizer (laughs) was grown. Anyways, Hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. You also brought up another point that I want to discuss with you too, because I think, you know, I'm a very reactionary person. I'm just going to admit that right now. Every game, I feel like they start off on defense incredibly slow against these very middling. They're not starting caliber quarterbacks to be going against Ed, and they're starting out pretty slow against them. Yep. So I'm struggling with my Jonathan Gannon evaluation, just to be straight out honest, as most fans are, I would imagine. Uh, he's obviously being brought back now. I mean, there's no way they change anything on this staff. I would be shocked. And I think position coaches, maybe, but other than that, I don't think coordinators are going to change now. What, how do we evaluate Jonathan Gannon? Cause I know he improves in the second half. I love it. In the second half, the second half defense, you know, wakes up, it seems like, but Uh, where, like, where do we judge John the Like, how do we judge him?
0: Well, I mean, if you look at how he's playing his defense now in the early part of the year, he was really playing his safeties way off the line of scrimmage. He didn't want to get beat over the top. Um, he rarely blitzed. We saw more blitzes against Washington. Uh, we've kind of seen him blitz a little bit more as the season has gone on. Not all the time, but you know, he does mix it up. Um and he's brought his safeties closer, you know, into the field of play. At least you can see them on the camera now. Before they were so far back, you couldn't see them. And yeah. and the Eagles were getting, you know, bludgeoned with you know those intermediate routes because they were so wide open because they were afraid of getting beat over their heads. So we've seen him adjust uh to how he's called his defense, how he's employed his defense or deployed his defense. And 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 we'll see if they end up playing Dak Prescott on Saturday night, if Dallas brings its A team with them and decides to play them. And if the Eagles put out their A team, and maybe the teams will, maybe they won't. Who knows? If they do, I'm not sure it'll be for all four quarters. Uh, but it would be nice to see them bring their starters and see how they do against Dak for a quarter. Um, because I would like to see how this defense does again against the top-notch quarterback after getting, you know, just killed early in the season. And you're right, they haven't played it, but the Jake Fromms, Garrett Gilbert, um, the guy from New Orleans whose name escapes me when they played this thing. State-
1: uh, excuse me. I'm sorry, Trevor Simeon. I'm sorry. Trevor
0: Simeon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, I want to see him play a good quarterback and see how this defense translates. Cause yeah, right now you wonder, is it better because of what Gannon has done? And he has done some things. Or is it better because they've just played, you know, a bunch of, you know, Larry, Moe and Curley's at quarterback and they haven't matched up against the Dax and the Mahomes and Brady and they might see Brady in the opening round of the playoffs again. But I would like to see how this defense does against the top notch quarterback. And I, you know, listen, they might get beat again, but I, I think they're a better defense the competition aside because Gannon is doing things differently with the defense. I think Fletcher Cox is playing a little better since the trade deadline passed. I don't think he was real happy. Obviously, he came out of that Vegas game and really questioned Gannon on how he was being used, but I think he's happier now. Uh, And I just think this defense is playing better. They're certainly playing more confidently, and that can carry you a little bit.
1: A tradition in Philadelphia like no other is wanting to fire the defensive coordinator. Are, Are we being a little too critical of Jonathan Gannon? in your opinion?
0: Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, You know, listen, he deserved to be criticized early on and his players were criticizing him more or less. Uh, But he's come a long way since then. I mean, I saw where some reports were saying he might even get an interview to be a head coach, which I think is absurd, but uh, you know, I think he has come a long way, but again, I'd like to see him do it against you know, an offense that has a, a legitimate quarterback in place um, But I don't think he's being criticized. I mean, look, his first year. I think the defense has gotten better. What have they played five straight games? I think where they haven't allowed eighteen or more points.
1: I mean, that, yeah, statistics-wise, if you look at the the on paper, I mean, on on stats, they look good. Yeah, but when I'm the eye test just just doesn't do it for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's too critical to criticize them. I mean, you know, look, we're this defense does though, Connor, in my opinion, need to be rebuilt at. At, var- at all three levels. I mean, you need to bring help in. You mentioned the draft picks that they have next year. I mean, you really have to go heavy on the defense of side of the football. And, you know, I've seen all these mock drafts are picking another receiver in the first round, you know, maybe Tyler Lindenbaum, O'Lyman, o- o- but they need help at defensive end. I like the way TJ Edwards has come in and played. I still think you could use some help there. Davion Taylor, I like him, can't stay healthy. He's out for the playoffs. He's not going to play again this year. It's a shame. Uh, But on that back end, you know, Harris is, you know, on a one-year deal. McLeod's going to be a free agent. I mean, Marcus Epps has developed nicely, and I'll give credit to Denard Wilson, their defensive backs coach. Slay came out and said this guy should be a defensive coordinator, and maybe Denard Wilson will get that chance. But they need help on that back end. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether it will come in free agency or the draft, but to me – this defense is still shorthanded in personnel, and they need to address that.
1: Strong free agent class for safeties. Just, just saying. Strong for, and Kyle okay. Hamilton in Notre Dame is a very intriguing prospect as well. But I don't think he's out of the range now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I mean,
1: you know, Amar Gardner, David uh, Ojbo, the Michigan def- uh, edge rusher. You yeah. know, those guys you could see in their pick range. I'm not That's sure he's the- a
0: scheme fit for what you know. Who knows though? I mean, but he's more of a two stance guy. Uh, you know, he well, doesn't I, I mean, I far. think
1: you, I think Jonathan Ginnett can make that happen, though. If you look what they do at Indianapolis with uh, when they had Justin Houston, they made him do similar stuff. I think they could do that here. I think they yeah. want to do that here. I think they envision doing that here. You know, but their defensive I would, I would, ends, other than Sweat, are just not that good. Sweat sometimes. Uh, yeah. I, I sometimes, I would I agree
0: with that, but I think Kerrigan, Ryan Kerrigan's a two-stance guy. It's what he was in Washington, and
1: Ice you know, they hook, tried, man, He's
0: they tried cummed. to make him a three-stance guy. I think. Maybe he is, but I mean, his strength and one of the big problems with Kerrigan was the scheme for him. And now he should be better at it, but he's not a three-point three, stand, three point stance guy. No. He's a guy that likes to stand up. And if you're not going to play, if you're going to try to bring a Jabu in here and put him in a three-point stance, I don't think that's his strength. Well, he's a two-stance guy, and I don't know if Gannon wants that.
1: I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, the same linebacker position is still up in the air too. I don't think Avery has locked that up by any means. So I, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I I like him. I like him a lot, though. I think. he Oh can play. yeah. Yeah, I think he can play. And then I mean, absolutely, Ahmad Garter would be great. Cincinnati I would like to see. It, I would. I think, yeah, exactly. Cincinnati. That's a Philadelphia Eagle lock right there. But <laughs> I would like to see. You know, John the going to get this time. I I think what you just said should be hammered home, and everybody should soak that in a little bit about the personnel. Uh, that's where I struggle the most with this evaluation of him. When I'm thinking, you know, he doesn't yeah. have the guys. You right. know, he's trying to implement a new system, and I don't think these guys are all in. Right. I mean, the linebacker, again, you are right. TJ Howard has stepped up mightily. He's been their best linebacker this season. But Alex Singleton is such a liability in what this defense wants to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davion Taylor, like you said, can't stay healthy. But when he was healthy, was a bright spot. Um, I think that is going to go into the evaluation no matter what. I can't see how he taking another linebacker. I, I mean, I can't see how he'd a linebacker in the first round still. I don't think that philosophy is going to change, regardless of the defensive coordinator. I just don't. And the holes at safety and corner and defensive end right now, I don't think linebacker is going to. Especially center, too. If, if Jason Kelsey does retire at the end of the season, folks, center propels itself to one of their most highest needs. That center position has run the Eagles offensive line for years now. Uh, since 2011, you know, it's not, you can't just, you know, you can get Tyler in That's great. The best center in this draft going to be a great player, but it doesn't mean he's going to be Jason Kelsey still. Yeah. Let's do get you, into that. Kelsey,
0: man. Do you think Kelsey, you think this is it for Kelsey? You think we're seeing the end of Jason Kelsey? Will this be his last home game on Saturday night?
1: Look, like I said, I don't care if anybody believes me or not about that encounter. I had wildly at work with uh, his uncle coming in. And the only dead giveaway that it was his uncle was he's wearing a Jason Kelsey jersey with a huge beard. And I had to ask him. And of course we talked about it. And He said he's done. He said he, tell, he told the whole entire family that he's way more sore than usual. Mm-hmm. He's tired. And he wants a break. Now, that being said, he did end the conversation with, but the Eagles every year give him till the first week of April to decide if he's going to come back or not. So the Eagles aren't going to end the season and say, Jason, let us know. Now they're right. not going to go into to March and say, "Hey, let us know. Now,
0: right.
1: they are going to go into the draft season and say, okay, now y'all let us know what's going to go on. So he's going to have time and he's going to have time to rest and he's going to have time away. The way this season's going right now, if, if they lose in the playoffs and it, but they look, they feel like they're close because Jason Kelsey told you himself with that unscripted interview that the Philadelphia Eagles social media page put on their YouTube channel. Go check it out, PhiladelphiaEagles.com or their YouTube channel. Unscripted. Jason Kelsey in that, that speech was telling the team, we're way better than we believe we are. You know, if he truly believes that and if he feels that way, that hunger to play football might still be there. So I don't, I can't say for certain. Right. But, I need to, after that encounter with his uncle, I need to feel it. I, I do feel like this is it. I mean, he's probably going to get that ceremonial snap, I would imagine, if he's, you know, passes COVID protocols because he is on the COVID list. If he passes those protocols, I would imagine he gets a ceremonial snap at home just in case, you know, that send-off. But, Ed, I mean, nobody has embodied Philadelphia as an athlete more than Jason Kelsey has. Mm-hmm. Maybe Brian Dawkins is the closest and Reggie White. But through my years, you know, Jason Kelsey is a, a 2011 six-round pick. Nobody liked him. He didn't care. He came in there, won that job as a rookie starting center. Nobody saw it coming. I mean, I know the Eagles had like Nick Cole and they were struggling at center for years anyways after j- replacing Jamal Jackson, but nobody liked him. He didn't care. Like he said in that unscripted interview, he goes in 2016 season. Everybody wanted to replace him, that offseason. Everybody was done. They were ready to move on, ship him out of here. Nobody liked him. He didn't care. He put his head down. He worked. He continued to be an all-pro for this team. Nothing but class. Nothing but representing the city. He is the ultimate underdog. You know, You're not supposed to be that size and play center that well in this league with these, the how huge defensive linemen are. It's not, it's unheard of. He's an anomaly. He is Philadelphia and we have not had an athlete like that. I know Lynn Johnson and Brandon Graham are close. Joan beat is very close. You know, Bryce Harper is very close now. But they, Philadelphia has not had an athlete like that. That has been the underdog and that has rose to the occasion year in and year out. Like Jason Kelsey has. Mm-hmm. We have to soak this in. We have to savor these final moments. Absolutely. If this is it for him, this is it for all of us. We're not you don't have players like this come into your city and capivated like that. It just doesn't happen. So I do believe this is it for him. I do. And I really think that we should sit back. You know, I wear my Jason Kelsey shirt Ed, every day lately. I wash it after every every night though, just so everybody knows. But I have been wearing this every day to keep it going. This Jason Kelsey shirt I have on right here. Yeah. Uh, the, nobody has captured, you know, it gets me emotional, man. Like Yeah, well. He gets he, emotional.
0: He gets emotional about it too. And
1: that's why I do too, because you can see yeah. how much heart he put into this and how much passion he gave to this city. You know, if Jason Kelsey wasn't a part of that Super Bowl team, nobody delivers that speech the way he does. You know, nobody we're never we're always going to remember that speech we're always going to remember the mummer's outfit because of jason kelsey and that's he knew to do that because he knew philadelphia better than any athlete ever has Mm -hmm. i love jason kelsey and if this is it for him we got to savor these moments folks
0: yeah i mean it it may or may not be his last game saturday if he even plays i mean he went on the covid list monday but um certainly i think he'll be the last player to wear number 62. I mean, how can you not retire this guy's number uh, after what he's done, not only on the field, but off the field. And one of my favorite Jason Kelsey stories is off the field. You know, he did that guest bartending stint down in um, Sea Isle City uh, last summer. And I went down to it and I talked to the Eagles autism uh, director, uh, executive director. And she told me that that event came together so quickly. The two of them were out with their families in Seattle one night at the arcade, and she brought up the idea of doing it, and Jason's like, yeah, let's do it. And like four days later, he's a guest bartender. You know, his teammates, not, hardly any of his teammates even knew what was happening or they might have come to it, but he, that's just the kind of guy he is. You know, he just said, yeah, let's do it. He's ready to pitch in and help. Uh, You know, raise money for various charities that are through the Eagles, including uh, their autism foundation. And, you know, to me, that just speaks volumes about the type of person Jason Kelsey is, you know, they raised $50,000 with him guest bartending that night, and then him and his wife match that you know, they threw in $50,000 of their own money to bring that total to a hundred thousand. And it was such a fun event. Kelsey had such a great time interacting with the fans, posing for selfies, drinking beers with the patrons, doing jello shots with them. And it was just such a fun night. And, you know, for him to just say right out of the gate, yeah, let's do it. And then four days later he's doing it just shows you the kind of person he is. And that that's going to be my favorite story from Jason Kelsey, Uh, you know, going forward. I mean, yeah, he did a lot on the field, fun to watch, still playing at a very high level. He's going to make, I think it's his 122nd straight start. He hasn't missed a start since 2014, which is unbelievable because he's in the center of the offensive line where, you know, so many guys come together, it's, you know, and get hit and get taken out at their legs. And, you know, he's, he's played through a lot of pain in his career and I agree with you, I think this is probably it he's thirty four years old he'll be thirty five next November, I think, and it just gets harder and harder to you know keep your body uh right and and to come back after a game on Sunday. It takes you longer to recover, and yeah, he's on top. he's probably going to be a first team all pro he's another pro he got elected into the pro Bowl again. Um, but why not go out on top? Why let your skills erode to the point where you start to feel sorry for him that he's hanging on? You know, like we see with Jason Peters, we've seen it through history with these athletes who just kind of try to stay on too long for whatever reason. So why not go out? You know, in the sports writing business, when you write a story, they always say, leave them wanting more. You know, you could go on and on and on with a story till it's like over a thousand words, but you always want to leave the reader wanting more. And I think, Jason should take that under advisement and say, you know what, I'm going to leave them wanting more. I'm going out on the top of my game. I'm going to go right into the sunset. And he won't ride into the sunset. He'll do something post-career. But he's got two young daughters, time to go be a father, let your body you know, recover from over a decade in the NFL, uh, and and still be the face of an Eagles franchise, which he certainly can do. And and I would expect him to do that.
1: I'm going to tear up for it, though. That's all I know. Yeah, man, never going to never, never going to happen again. I'm just letting you guys know right now. In this era of athlete, it's never going to happen again. You're going to have a guy embody this the city like this. So uh, yeah, I, I love your stories, too, man. You know, it, you, yeah. Ed has dropped a great Doug Pearson story on here that he has a personal story of, a good personal story of Zach Ertz on here. And now Jason Kelsey, folks, I'm like you guys need to soak this in, too.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and, and listen, you mentioned getting emotional like Kelsey. I've been in these news conferences, you know, in the, in the tent right outside the building this year where he's broken down and cried. And it's hard not to cry along when he's crying, you know, you gotta, you know, it's hard not to get emotional when you see him getting emotional. Um, It's hard to do. And, you know, uh, I I have to tell you, you know, I've, I've shed some tears, you know, with my mask on when he's gotten emotional too. And when he does decide to call it a career, whether it's this year or next year, whenever he's going to do it in, you know, Style like he did at that parade in that mummer's costume. He said himself, "You'll know when I'm going to retire because he'll he'll let you know in some way." And it's not going to be, "Hey, I'm retiring. See you later." It's gonna it's going to be. I think it's going to be a bit of a show, which will be fun.
1: Absolutely. I I mean, I can wait for it. I can. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We all can.
1: Moving on. I mean, I don't want to just touch on this week 18 game against Dallas Cowboys too much because. yeah, it's really no point to. I think the Eagles are going to arrest their starters. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I, you know, listen, I, I could see, you know, and I just got this text that they've activated uh, Craig James and John Hightower from the practice squad reserve COVID 19 list. So, you know, this could be a precursor to them making some other Hold moves up. for their practice squads. So, You know, Nick Sirianni was noncommittal about what he's going to do. There's still conversations about how they'll approach this game on Saturday night. You're really only playing for, you know, seeding position, really. The Eagles can be a sixth seed, but who cares? I mean, you're still going to play your games on the road. Doesn't matter who you play at this point, you're going to play somebody good. Uh, The Cowboys I think are playing maybe for a second seed, but again, you know, who cares if you're the second or third, maybe it means an extra home game before you get to the NFC championship game. If you're Dallas, Mike McCarthy came out on Monday and said that they're coming to win. They're coming to play their guys because they want to get tested in the cold weather in case they do have to go to green Bay for the NFC championship game or, you know, the semifinal game. So he said that, but he didn't say how long they would play. I mean, I could see both teams maybe playing some of their starters uh, for a quarter, maybe the half and then kind of sprinkling guys in maybe throughout the game to give your starters a break. I know the Eagles, could certainly give Jalen Hurts a break. He's still struggling with that ankle injury. It doesn't look like it, but Sirianni said so after the game that his ankle was still sore—the sprain that he had uh, against the Giants on November 28th. So I could see Gardner Minshew playing a lot in this game. I could see maybe Jason Kelsey starting to keep that streak alive, but then you know taking him out. Um, you know, just some of these veteran guys you know, kind of get them off their feet, but play them a little bit just so they're kind of in tune. The Eagles are playing well, a four-game winning streak, Um, you know, so, you know, let's get them a little bit of time just so they stay sharp. Uh, I don't know whether they'll do it, but that would be my approach is I would play these guys for a quarter, a half, and begin sprinkling in, you know, some of the reserves and getting some of your key players, some of your older players off their feet. Guys like Fletcher Cox, give him a seat. You know, he's an older guy. Uh, Lane Johnson, you know, get him off his feet. He still has ankle soreness from his tightrope surgery uh, last year around this time time of the year. Uh, so I would get some of the key guys off. But, you know, give them a start. Let them play. Approach it kind of like a preseason game maybe uh, and, and not worry about whether you win or lose because you're in the playoffs. What difference does it make? You're going to be on the road next weekend anyway. So give him a break. I don't know how Dallas will approach it, McCarthy said he's going to play his guys, but he didn't say for how long.
1: Joe judge would question the integrity of this conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you see this report? It was a couple of weeks back. I haven't really got a chance to talk to you about it. I mean, it wasn't, it was probably about after the jets game, I guess Chris Wharton came out and said Gardner Minshew went into Nick Sirianni's office office and asked what to do to be the starter for this team.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you, I mean, Chris Wardenson is plugged in as anybody, though. So it, it, you, you kind of have to believe it, you think. But you really think that happened?
0: Well, I mean, Minshew wants to play. You know, he was all geeked up to play against the Jets that day. He was really pumped. Uh, so, yeah, sure, he's a competitor. He wants to play. What can he do to be a starter? Maybe he was even asking, do I need to go somewhere else next year? Can you look to move me next year? Um, sure, I believe it, but the Eagles aren't going to play him. I mean, they're they're locked in on Jalen Hurts, as they should be. Hurts is the starting quarterback of this team, and Gardner Minshew is a great backup to have. Um, yeah. And we'll see where it goes from there. But it's really, to me, it was kind of a non-story just because the Eagles are entrenched with Hurts. They're not going to play Gardner Minshew unless they absolutely have to. Maybe Saturday night he'll see some more snaps. I think he will. But then what do you do with him in the offseason? He's going to want to get traded, I'm sure, to go to a place where he knows he can compete to be the starting quarterback. And I guess he could do that here, but the Eagles are locked in on Hurts. They're gonna is gonna be their starter in 2022.
1: Plus teams weren't lining up to trade for him when no. he was easily a- acquirable. Right. Uh of the Jaguars to Trevor Lawrence. So I don't I don't necessarily I, I I'm perfectly content with him as the backup. But I mean, bro, read the room. If that really did happen, read the room, man. It's pretty obvious This is Jalen Harris's job I, I mean yeah. I'm not even in that locker room And I, I I know it for a fact That they wouldn't Consider doing that How do you not If it did right. happen But I mean Again he's a competitor I respect right. it. It was yeah. never gonna happen It was right. never gonna happen I just thought You know Coming across that story You're just like Wow <laughs> The ball's on this guy Yeah <laughs> well, he's mean with- it, it
0: could be just hey, hey, I'm here, I'm still here. What can I do? How can I get into the mix here? And, and he
1: we played should... well. You know, yeah. the one thing I admire about the Eagles is how serious they take the backup quarterback position. That's been before Howard Roseman. Yeah. You know, that's a philosophy that Jeffrey Lurie adapted from Andy Reid, really. Yep. Uh, they always have that good quality backup in there because your starter can always go down. And I mean, the Eagles are the franchise that knows that the best. So I always admire having a quality backup but for the people out there that are ready to trade Gardner Minshew this offseason pump the brakes because you know Jacksonville struggled with that I know I don't think one game against the Jets is going to propel teams that want to trade for him I know Carolina was interested but that was really you know them scavenging around the league because Darnold went down I mean they they settled on Cam Newton coming back you know so I, I don't know if the quarterback market's going to be insane for Gardner Minshew and I'm all for keeping him I think the Eagles should
0: well, they should, but you want him to be happy on some level. I mean, and what makes him even more attractive if you're another team is, you know, he could be a big, a good bridge guy. If you draft somebody and you don't want him to start right away, maybe you bring him on his in, rookie you know, deal and his rookie deal. Right. He's getting paid, you know, less than a million dollars, I think, because he was uh, what was he? A sixth round pick.
1: Yep. Hey, that's to- fine. Just give me a third. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine, but he, that's that's the lowest. That. That's the lowest I would give him out for because uh, you need a backup quarterback in this league. Nick Foles taught me a valuable lesson. AJ Philly's taught me valuable lessons. Jeff Garfield has taught me valuable lessons. Um, I'm going to need Gardner Minshew because when he, co- I mean, he co- I know I, I'm i confident that the Eagles can move Gardner Minshew as a starter if they need to. Um, you Am I confident with Reed Sennett? No. Was I confident with Joe Flacco? Honestly, no. I know he played, you know, decent for the Jets this year when he did fill in, but I was not confident in him as a backup because, I mean, he looks washed. Uh, even the Jets thought to play Mike White first. Yeah. And they traded for Joe Flacco. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm. it's very rare you feel that confident in the backup. Uh, I'm, uh, Unless it's a third-round pick I'm on my moving guard Minshew. I know you want him to be happy, Ed, but, it, I mean, he took the Jacksonville beating. I mean, beating. Because, again, they played Mike Glennon over him. And they, the reason why they did that is because they wanted to secure Trevor Lawrence. I truly believe that because Gardner Minshew gave them opportunities to win in game in game out when he was starting for them, but they right. even refused to play him. They put Mike Glennon in at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he mm. his path in this league has been horrible. But I mean, I don't think I think you know teams have showed you what they think about him when he was so acquirable, and the Eagles were the team that acquired him for a six round pick that they technically got back for Joe Flacco. So yeah. it was a wash. It was a lateral move. Yeah, um, I'm fine with him as quarterback too, next year. But I just thought that you know. I haven't got to discuss it with you yet and that story was a little interesting i don't know if many people really caught on to it too because it was such a non-story because this is yeah. jalen hurts eagles team now yeah. ed to end the show do you think he has cemented himself as a 2022 starter for this team
0: oh i don't see how the eagles can turn back now sure i mean listen the guy's a pro Bowl alternate not that that means anything but this is a guy that's gotten better and who the coaches rave about his leadership his teammates rave about that He's just an even-keeled, calm-headed player, and Nick Sirianni touched on it again. You know, the sky is falling in Washington. They're down 16 to seven. They haven't had many first-half possessions because the defense can't get off the field. Uh, and it, Sirianni said there was just some calmness that was on the sidelines, and a lot of that was from Jalen Hurts. Um, I asked Hurts if he's enjoying himself because he never seems to show that side of himself, and his. Teammates talk about it. Lane Johnson says, I've never really seen him smile or happy or this and that. And, you know, he says he's waiting until the end, that they're not done yet. I mean, this is a focused guy. And you look at – he's accounted for 26 touchdowns, okay? You mentioned earlier in the show 10 rushing touchdowns. That's four away. He's not going to get it, but four away from tying the NFL record for most touchdowns rushing-wise from a quarterback. Cam Newton holds it. He ran for 14 of those in 2011 Newton's rookie year. Not going to get that, but 10 rushing touchdowns is a heck of a lot of touchdowns to run for. Uh, He's passed for over 3,000 yards, which is very good. Um, He's just gotten better, and I think the Eagles are going to make him the starter in 2022. I don't see how they can't. This would be his second straight year in the same offense in the last six years. He's always had a different offense that he's come back to the following year. Won't be the case in 2022. And Nick Sirianni, you know, we have these off-the-record sessions with him, and he gives us a lot of good insight into how Hurts is developing. And I will say this, um, Hertz's running ability has bought him time to develop as a passer, okay, his ability to, to – run the football, and that's a big reason why the Eagles lead the NFL in rushing is because you have to honor what Jalen Hurts can do with his legs, and that makes them dangerous. But his ability to do that has bought him time to develop as a passer, and I think we've seen him develop as a passer. Look at some of these off-schedule plays he's making now, and I think we talked about this, Connor, is whenever Hurts early in the year seemed to leave the pocket, there was never any play, big play, that came out of that. You know, he either ran the ball or he just threw it away or didn't do much with it. Uh, But now we're seeing him leave the pocket. That throw he made on third and 14 to Greg Ward uh, that kept the drive alive down to the four-yard line. I mean, he's moving to his right, and he pulls up and throws it. He made another throw like that to Goddard down near the goal line. I mean, his ability now to get outside the pocket and keep his eyes up to see what's happening with this off-schedule play and then making a play – is something that we've seen change in him. So, yeah, I think Hurts is going to be the starter in 2022. I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling at this point. Uh, I love the fact that Sirianni and this coaching staff know his strengths, know his weaknesses, and they're going to develop him, and he, I think he's only going to get better.
1: I agree because, I mean, that's what he's done so far.
0: Yeah. I mean – He wants to get better, and that's the thing. he He truly wants to put the work in to be a better quarterback. And you should say, well, all quarterbacks and all players should be like that. But all aren't like that. They're not as driven or as motivated as he is to become a better uh, quarterback.
1: You know, the biggest improvement that I think I've seen from Jalen Hurts that is not harped on enough. And I mean, you said it yourself, just not in these terms. is his field vision. He yeah. sees the field incredibly better than he has considered where he was at the start of the season, like we just mentioned. But. You know, you have these little Twitter clips or these little uh, clips that people post of where he misses the one guy that's open. Mm Joe and Rager streaking down the field or getting open or something like that. Or Devontae Smith. But, you know, there's so much more that goes into quarterback play than you seeing a clip at an all-22 angle. Uh, That play might not be there. You know, he might be listening to his coach where he's going to go with the play, where he's going to go with the read. There's just so much more that goes into quarterback play. So, you know, when we say this, I don't want people to think, well, I've seen clips on Twitter where he's still missing the open guys that every quarterback does folks, that is the game of football. You know, you're missing the open guy. No, if they weren't missing the open guys, there wouldn't be a a thing as incompletions. There wouldn't be a thing as, um, interceptions. I mean, these quarterbacks will be just getting it to the open guys each time. There's always going to be a miss. It's a game of football. There's too many options on the field at once to throw to, to lock in on one guy and see if he's going to be open or not. So, to me, the thing that has improved the most is the way he sees the field, and that is what you want to see from a young quarterback. If that didn't improve, then I would think the Eagles have to move on. But that has improved noticeably. The Eagles would be doing themselves a disservice at this point going in a different direction at quarterback. Um, with all the capital they have, they need it. They don't need to give it away. They need it. Get it, to get into the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, which I think they would easily lose. I don't think he would pick to go to Philadelphia. Right. Deshaun Watson has told everyone multiple times, "I don't want to play for the Eagles." Regardless of the Eagles' interest, that has been there. Doesn't want to play for the Eagles. Don't waste your time putting your hat in this quarterback market. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna even get bad. an eye at the Eagles either when he's available. Yeah. So don't waste your time because that's a disservice to yourself when you could be improving the rest of the football team onto your young quarterback who's showing you he improves game in and game out. And like you just said, his legs are the best weapon to this team. If if Ron Rivera and his coaching staff can flip it and build a system around Cam Newton that worked for them to get into a Super Bowl. I think it can be done again in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think you could do so. So, I, I, yeah, I, I would say th- build around Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I would eventually. Well, look, I'd like to see him use his eyes better, not look at receivers. You know, I'd like to see him move defenders with his eyes a right. little bit better.
1: We're not um, saying he's a finished product by any means, no. folks. I don't take it as that. No,
0: and, but and I'd eventually like to see him run less because I think you know, obviously, this legal this league will beat you up and you only have so many hits in you when you're a quarterback. And he does a good job of getting out of bounds. He does a good job of sliding. He doesn't, you know, let himself get hit too hard. But eventually, you run the ball enough, something's going to happen.
1: Not The league's going to catch up to
0: the league, what right. the Eagles are doing too. So, so he, he needs to down. become more of a passer. You know, he needs to win more games with his arm. And I think we're seeing kind of that trending in that direction. Um, but he needs to do a better job of winning games with his arm and rely less on his legs. But until that day comes, and I think it will come, I think he'll become a better passer. Until that day comes, he's going to have to make plays with his legs and give that threat that, yeah, I'm going to run, I'm going to pull the ball and I'm going to sweep the edge or I'm going to keep it and run up the middle. Uh, You know, the pocket breaks down. I'm going to scamper if you're playing a zone and you're backing off. I'm going to scamper for 15 yards. So, you know, right now that works. But in the long term, he's 23 years old. In the long term, you want to see him – get away from some of that stuff, Uh, not right away, but over the course of time, less and less and less, while his pocket presence and his passing go up and up and up, and then he becomes a a more complete quarterback.
1: And currently the trajectory is pointing up, so keep routing that up while it's pointing up. Yep. Uh, But we're not saying he's the franchise quarterback of this team. We're not saying that he's by all means going to be a legitimate starter in this league, but at this time right now, given what we are given, with the, with these last couple of weeks too, you have to ride with Jalen Hurts and see what you have him next year. You have to. Sure, I mean, I agree. This twenty twenty three quarterback class is way better than this. I mean, on paper, let me because uh, I I always want to add that in there. On paper, it yeah. is because I think this twenty two class could surprise, uh, especially with nobody having any expectations for it. That's that's the recipe for success right there. Mm-hmm. But on paper, twenty twenty three quarterback class is better. If in case it doesn't work out, there's always that option. And look, you built a team in the meantime, you know, you're going to give that quarterback a bona fide wide receiver one and Devonte Smith. You know, you didn't do that in the past with Carson Wentz. You're going to have a much younger, much more energized defense. Didn't have that in the past. So while Jalen hurts is on the up focus on the rest and if he doesn't answer the call next year after going to the playoffs this year, which would be a, a surprise, I think, then, hey, your team's built. Go get the quarterback. You know, it's not all there yet, and he's given you time to get it there while still yeah. playing well enough to get you into the playoffs. What more can you ask?
0: Right. And he's doing it on a rookie contract, which, you know, we saw the success the Eagles won a Super Bowl with – a quarterback exactly. on a rookie contract. I mean, that really is beneficial because then you can add pieces. Well, they're, they're pieces around the, rest of the
1: team, exactly. Around the you can team. bring in a Chris and, Long. You could bring in a LeGarrette Blount. You could bring in an Alshon Jeffrey or Torrey Smith. You can bring in Patrick Robinson.
0: Yeah, right. It, it, because your quarterback's making peanuts, really. And I think the Eagles have seen enough in Jalen Hurts that he will be the guy in 2022. And the quarterback position is always under evaluation, And it will be with Jalen Hurts and we'll see how he does in 2022. But I like the fact that he's coming back to the same offense under Nick Sirianni that he played in this year. He'll be in the second year in this system. Hasn't had that, you know, years at Bama, different offensive coordinator, went to Oklahoma. Then he came in. Peterson's the guy. Now Sirianni's the guy. I mean, six years, he's had a different offensive system and, you know, that's impactful, you know, that, that makes a difference. And now he'll be in a second year and we'll see if he can continue, uh, you know, this elevation in his game. And and again, I, I think he will. And I'm not saying he's the quarterback of the future either. I'm saying he's the quarterback right now. He's a darn good quarterback. He's gotten them to the playoffs with some help, but I think he's only going to get better and we're going to see if he can in 22.
1: Consistency is the fertilizer of growth.
0: <laughs> channeling your inner nick sirianni huh?
1: <laughs> my sirianni
0: yeah <laughs> love it all
1: right guys thank you again so much for tuning in we're going to be back rocking and rolling uh with our normal schedule again because my mother has finished her chemo treatment yes, yes. yes. yeah so i can finally breathe again and have that weight lifted off my shoulders and I have to awesome. focus and worry about my mom anymore. I can get back into podcasting and writing again. So uh, such a relief and thank you for all the prayers and thoughts and uh, that's has uplifted her to get past this treatment. So thank you guys so much. I, I owe it all to you guys and your support. So, and of course, Ed, I mean, you know, Ed's always been in my corner helping me out through all this, giving me my opportunities to, to write for SI and then Doing this podcast, taking time out of his busy schedule and always trying to make it work with me uh through all this. Couldn't do it without him. So thank you guys and thank you, Ed, so much. Uh I love doing what we do.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, Connor. I'm so happy to hear about your mom. I really let's go. A, Yeah, let's go. Let's make twenty two a great year,
1: right? Let's do it. Let's make it a great year for the podcast for Eagle Maven and for the Philadelphia Eagles. On behalf of Ed and myself, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you soon.